have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Uh, well, somebody in Brooklyn school uh, stole a school bus. <laughs> uh, vaccines are not only expiring in Maryland, they're giving the expired vaccine to kids. We have asked Dr. Jesse questions all over the map, from vaccines to World War II to Edward Snowden. I've never talked about Edward Snowden on the show. Why are CEOs stepping down? It's going to be an awesome night. Joe Biden doesn't sound good. We'll get to that in a minute. Jen Psaki is out there trying the best she can to lie about the jobs numbers because they're really, really, really bad. We'll talk about that. We have a philosopher on tonight. I don't know. I know what you're saying, Jesse, but you're already the best philosopher, and that's obviously true. What, Chris? But no, we have somebody not on the show. I just have some audio from him that is very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. But first and foremost, as you as you know, I take a lot of pride in finding other talented people out there and trying to raise them up. You know, everything, everything, people get so selfish, especially whatever their career, but definitely immediate people get so selfish and they're only worried about themselves. I have made it a vow that I'm never going to do that ever. So I turned on Tucker Carlson's show last night and I saw him interview this guy and I thought to myself, you know what? That guy's awesome. I'm playing that on my show. Here it was. Jesse Kelly is the host of The Jesse Kelly Show. We're happy to have him join us tonight. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, look, everyone kind of knows what we're learning in this trial, but there's something about seeing this get memory hold, like the attack in Waukesha, that drives me crazy as someone who cares about facts. Do you think they'll be able to make this go away? Oh, absolutely, they'll make it go away. Uh, Tucker, you just brought up Waukesha. That's the largest domestic terrorist attack in how many years here? And yeah. it's already out of the papers. Ten people, if you go ask ten people right now if they know who Daryl Brooks is, they don't They don't have any idea who you're talking about. They would say, who? Yeah. Does he play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They would have no idea who he is. Yeah. They'll make this whole thing go away. I mean, I have enjoyed walking through memory lane with you, uh, listening to him <laughs> crying. The best part wasn't Robin Roberts' closed eyes. It was the whispering, Tucker, the whispering. Don't you understand? <laughs> Exactly. She's, she's very she's she's very concerned. Now, look, we the media in this country hates the country. You have to yeah. make the country hateable to get everyone else to hate the country, well, exactly. and that's why they dive in the second they get a chance to try to make America look racist. The second the media sees something they can paint as a hate crime, they're going to swan dive in like Whoopi Goldberg in a pool of marshmallow cream. <laughs> To make people hate the country, you have to make the country hateable. I just, I always think when I hear that, I mean, I live here, I've lived here for 50 years. It's the opposite of what they describe. I never see anybody attacking anybody because of his race. People seem to get along really well with people who are different from them. It actually seems like the most peaceful, warmest, kindest country in the world. Do you think people buy this stuff, that it's a racist country? Sadly, they do. If all they consume is that, what's what's what we're going through right now, Tucker, is you have to seek out the truth. It doesn't just hit you. If you just consume yeah. traditional news sources, read the newspaper, watch the big channels, NBC, ABC, CBS, you live now in a world of make believe. And the problem is you don't know it. We have a huge yeah. percentage of Americans who are good people. They sit down at night and they turn on CBS after a long day of work and they think they're getting the news when they're getting outright lies. And you can't get the truth from the politicians. I mean, you showed by 
Vice President Dome on there earlier. She grew. She ran with that lie immediately. She loved it because the politicians are all scumbags now. And she refused to acknowledge it was a lie, even after it was proved to be a lie, which tells you that she's she's really committed to deception, which is scary, actually. Uh, Jesse Kelly, a man with amazing instincts on every story. I always think that. Great to see you tonight. Thank you. Be good, brother. So much talent. So much. What, Chris? I think that, no, I, I think that guy's going to end up being huge one day. <laughs> All right, let's get some of the, let's get some of the official business out of the way first before we get into all the great Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Jobs report came out today. It's a disaster. They were estimating around 500,000 new jobs. They added around 200,000 new jobs. And the regime is so worried about it, they're now just outright lying about it. Here's Jen Psaki from today. Just crossed 210 jobs just added. So 210,000. So if we look at that breaking news right now, that's a number that feels a little what? A little off? Well, I know this sounds a little archaic, but I can't comment on them until 930 uh, by by rules because I work at the White House. (laughs) But I will say uh, what people can expect the president to continue to say today, month to month, Mm -hmm. is that what we're seeing are good trends. Uh, Which part of it's good? (laughs) It's It's such a good trend that the news networks themselves... And keep in mind, these are all propaganda networks for the most part. They're all out there saying, uh, this is a disaster. November uh, jobs report is coming out. 210,000 on non-farm payrolls. A huge miss. And if we look at what's going on with regard to the change in manufacturing, 31,000. That's also a bit of a miss. 210,000 jobs added back. That's less than half of what economists were expecting, and it's half of what we saw last month. The uh, change in non-farm payrolls comes in only half the level, and that is going to cause some head-scratching at the Fed. What do we do about that? And I look through these numbers, John, and I see a lot of customer-facing jobs had very little job growth, if at all. 210,000, that is a big miss. The estimate was for a gain of 550,000. So this is a weaker than expected report. So to the vaccine mandate point, we are definitely seeing that is a challenge and holding people back. Okay, look, let's just get this out of the way. And then we'll get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. We're gonna have a ton of fun tonight. This is a little dark. It's definitely dark for a Friday, but here's the truth. This isn't going to get better anytime soon because they're not trying to get it better. Remember, always remember, the damage this administration is doing to the country is intentional, which sounds crazy if you don't understand the motivation of these people. Look, if you're a normal thinking person or you haven't accepted what we're facing yet, you're probably saying to yourself, no, they're just making mistakes. Uh, Democrats are a little off on policy. You don't understand the dynamic. Joe Biden is not running the country. Joe Biden is not running the country. The radical communist nut jobs like Ron Klain and Susan Rice and Jill Biden These are the people in charge of America, and those people are not interested in reversing any of this because they're not interested in a second term. That sounds crazy to people who don't get this system, 
but you probably do by now, so explain it to others. Once Joe Biden loses in 2024, Ron Klain doesn't go to the poorhouse. Ron Klain's not going to be down at the check-cashing place trying to get a little extra cheddar just to cover the apartment rent for the next month. The second Joe Biden gets bounced, and he will, Ron Klain goes right to pick your university and makes $100,000 a speech. I'm not making that up. I might be shorting him. Ron Klain walks right into CNN and starts clearing out $500,000 to a million a year as a contributor. He doesn't fall back if Joe Biden loses. He falls up. He falls up. So this is how the communist approaches things. And frankly, if you can get by your hatred for him or if I can get by my hatred for them, you almost have to kind of admire it. Here's what they know. And again, I'm going to get off this here in a second. We're going to talk about some history stuff in a second because this is a bit of a downer to open up the show. But here's what they know. They know they will be able to yank this country far to the left over the course of their four years. They're currently packing this place, packing the federal government with the most radical, insane, nutjob leftists. They're ruining the military. They're, 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 they're stocking up the shelves full of communists. And here's what else they know, and this is the hard part. They know from past experience Republicans will not take over and reverse virtually any of it. Oh, they may get some, but if the communists take over the country like they have now and they yank us, let's say, a mile to the left and the Republicans take over, they know they might pull us a quarter mile back to the right. Well, who won in the end of that scenario? The country's still three quarters of a mile to the left. Until we get a Republican Party with enough guts to actually reverse everything and then gain ground, the communists will continue along this path. So that's enough of the yucky stuff. It's going to be a great Ask Dr. Jesse Friday tonight. We'll obviously play some more Biden and whatnot throughout the show, but your time is worth something, is it not? I don't know about you, but my time is worth something. I don't have an extra 30 minutes to drive round trip to the post office, and that doesn't include standing in line. And I know you don't either, especially now. Holiday season, things are crazy. You don't have to. Just go to Stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, access exclusive discounts with not only UPS but USPS all year long. All year long. Sometimes... 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS rates. I told you it was amazing. Right now, if you go to stamps.com and use the promo code JESSE, you get a four-week free trial plus free postage in a digital scale. No long-term commitments. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top, and use the promo code JESSE. Stamps.com. The Jesse Kelly Show. It's still real to me, damn it! Returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And look, Joe Biden, I'm going to get to your questions here in a second. Joe Biden, he sounds even worse than usual today. And Peter Ducey got up and asked him about it. And it just, 
look, it makes me uncomfortable. First of all, Mr. President, your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. I have a check for all the strands. What I have is a one-and-a-half-year-old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he'd been kissing in my anyway. So, uh, yeah. Well, just well, you know what? We're not we're not going to go there. Let's just assume. Let's just assume that's a, that's Joe Biden misspeaking. I, ew, I, I they gave me the willies, Chris. Now I got the willies. Let's get to some Ask Doctor Jesse questions. Remember, you can email the show during the show to Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, all are welcome. Got tons of hate and some great death threats last night, especially after that Tucker Carlson appearance. So please keep those coming. We do enjoy those here at the Jesse Kelly Show. Good evening, humble and handsome oracle. Ooh, it looks like it's history time, everyone. What battle would you least like to have fought in? Verdun, Stalingrad, the Somme, Guadalcanal. Love the show. Keep up the good fight. P.S. I hope the supply chain crisis hasn't been rough on Chris with his getting his dreidels for Hanukkah. Chris, what's a dreidel? The top thing? Okay. Okay, well, let's. Hey, looks like we're doing some history early on on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's unpack all this. Verdun. You may or may not know about Verdun. Gosh, this may take me a little while. I don't care. It's my show. We're going to have some fun on Friday. Verdun, here, here's what Verdun was, because a lot of people don't know hardly anything about World War I, and it's just because it was overshadowed so much by World War II, which was the biggest historical event of any kind ever. But World War I was just an unspeakably horrible affair, a horrible affair. And I have said this before, and I'll, I'll unpack each one of these battles, but if you could pick one war that I would least like to have fought in in general, I've always said it would be World War I for a couple different reasons. World War I was the war where technology, weapons technology, had advanced way beyond what the tactics had always been for war. I mean, you always, always, throughout the entirety of mankind, you can get on horseback and do a great cavalry charge. Maybe pull out your swords. I mean, how many, how many old movies and stuff like that do you watch with that? Uh, you can't do that against a machine gun emplacement or you're all going to die, you and your horse. And it went beyond machine guns for World War I. There was gas. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'll tell you a horrible story about that. Oh, don't worry. I'll make it kid-friendly. And artillery, and which is going to bring us to Verdun. Now... I've only been bombed by artillery once, and it was actually by my own side. <laughs> it was total accident in Iraq. No, I can laugh about it because everyone turned out to be fine, but I got the experience of having an artillery shell land near you. And I will tell you, it is unlike anything I could... You know, I try to be as descriptive as possible to put you in there. It's hard to explain it. It's not just the noise. The concussion from it alone, it kind of gives you that, oh, did that, did that come across on the radio that like you can't breathe for a second. It's almost like all the oxygen is sucked out of the air and the shrapnel that's flying around is just horrifying. One of our staff sergeants was actually in one of the Amtrak's at the time and one of the pieces of shrapnel landed, it, it, it donged off the side of the track where he was. 
and it was, I would say, uh, the diameter maybe of a basketball, maybe a little less than a basketball, because we, we all checked it out after the fact. And it was obviously not a perfect circle by any means because it's an explosion. All these jagged steel edges, and, and it had just rocketed off the side of his track. If that had hit him, I mean, forget about dead. It very likely would have cut him in half, and I mean in two. If you could see it, I will tell you, we were already like, wow, okay, tell him to stop. And they stopped it. Everything was fine. But then when we saw it, you could, you could see in everyone's mind they're processing Oh my gosh, can you imagine getting can you imagine getting hit by that? So let's go to Verdun in World War I. Germany and France and Britain and every they were all going at it, obviously, in World War I. We're talking about the Western Front. It's where the real, real, real horrific stuff happened. I mean, horrific stuff happened everywhere, but that's where it really got bad. And Germany was having a hard time making any gains. France couldn't make gains, Britain couldn't make gains. Everyone was dug in. I mean, even if you got someone out of their trench, they would eventually just take it back, and there's just nothing moved. So Germany got an idea. Remember, on the Western Front in World War I, the war was not fought in Germany. The war was fought in France. The war began with Germany invading France, and the French and the British stepped up and stopped them, but then the remainder of the war was fought in France. Hitler actually raved about this. All the Nazis raved about it later on. We never lost a battle on German soil. And that was pretty much right. That The whole war was fought in France. They were, they were always trying to figure out a way to make that breakthrough. When you're stuck on a stalemate, you got to figure out something. It's why they eventually use poison gas and all kinds of things. Just what can we do to break through and win this thing? Germany got an idea. The idea was this. Verdun in France was a historical area. The French, understandably, I know we all like to make fun of them, the French, understandably, are very proud of their history. They should be. There's a lot of it. They have a lot of really cool history there. And again, we love to mock them because of what they did in World War II. France's military history is actually very impressive. It's it's very impressive. Uh, Napoleon was really, really good. Really good. The, the, The French in World War I, they were amazing what they did. So Germany got the idea, let's Take this area, we will fortify this area, and then we'll dare the French to come take it back. And when they come take it back, what we'll do is we'll just mass slaughter everyone in the, in the French army that comes at us. It'll be too much loss of life. France will give up. How it actually worked was Germany ended up losing it in the end. But the loss of life in Verdun was... Horrific. It was, it was beyond horrific. And the way these people died there was some of the ugliest stuff you've ever heard in your life. And I'm about to share that with you. Hang on. It's been coming for It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, don't you think that's a little too on the nose when we're discussing wars and battles in history right now? Don't you think that's a little too on the nose? You know what? You know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to get back to Verdun in just a quick second. I just wanted to point this out. You know how I've been saying balkanize, move to a red state, make it redder? You know how I've been saying that? This is the new headline out today. Indoor masking in Oregon. It's likely about to be made permanent. Permanent. Oregon is a beautiful state. 
and Oregon is a state full of some blood red conservatives. I mean, the rural parts of Oregon are so red, it's frightening. But the blue parts of that state have destroyed it. And when I tell you to pack up, if possible, I know jobs and families sometimes make this impossible. If possible, pack up and move to a red area. This is why. And when you get to that red area, remember, become an activist. I get more involved than you've ever been. Run for school board. Run for sheriff. Run for town council. Go make your area blood red. Blood red. Enjoy living around people who share your values. The blue parts of this country are gone and gone for good. You know, with the exception of the times I've had to fly, I haven't had a mask on my face in a year, maybe six months to a year. And I do forget because I'm in Texas. I forget there are people all over the country. There are people listening to the sound of my voice right now. They have to wear one in some form every single day. It's, it stuns me. It stuns me. All right, back to back to the Ask Dr. Jesse question. We got a ton of them today. I'm going to try to get through this question as fast as I can. I will warn you, this may take me a while to go through. The guy asked me which battle would I least like to have fought in, and he named Verdun, Stalingrad, the Somme, and Guadalcanal. I love all this stuff, and I love it a lot, and it's about to be a heavy, heavy history Jesse Kelly show today. So back to Verdun, like I was talking about. Verdun, if you were to see it before the battle, was a beautiful place. Wooded, all kinds. I mean, it's just a beautiful place. And then you can look up pictures right now. You can do an image search unless you're driving and look up a picture of the Battle of Verdun. And you'll get to enough pictures where you can see the countryside. There aren't any trees left. It's nothing but a land of craters. It looks like the surface of an asteroid. It does. And the the men who fought there were just being artillery barraged without end. And they died by poison gas there. They would drop poison gas down in the underground bunkers and pillboxes, and the gas is heavier than the air. So guys would die from poison gas in the pitch black. Or another way they died, but with the exception of shot and artillery and all that, another way they died... You know those big holes that I just brought up, the craters from the artillery shells? Well, it's always raining. They would fill up with water. They would fill up with water and fill up with other things too. People would use them as latrines, understandably so. You you don't think about the human side of war, but you got to go. They would use them like latrines. And men would die in them. And so we're not talking about a lovely little pool where you want to take a bath here. We're talking about horrible, horrible stuff. And then men would fall in these holes that were full of dead bodies and other things and drown in that. I know you're cringing right now. I'm cringing saying it. Yeah. So that was Verdun. So let's set that aside because I can't make this take the whole show. Stalingrad, remember this. Stalingrad was probably... If, if Stalingrad was its own war, it would be one of the largest wars ever fought in the history of mankind. That was when the, Soviet, when the Soviets finally repelled the Nazis from their invasion of the Soviet Union. They got clear to Stalingrad, and that was where the Soviets stopped them. It, uh, the battle itself is long. It's fairly complicated, but just know this. The Germans moved in. It got really, really cold. 
The Soviets were fighting like lions in the streets of Stalingrad. Chris said it lasted five months. Yeah, it was a long time. The, the Soviets were fighting like lions. The, the, the Nazis were making huge gains. Then the cold rolled in. Then the Soviets got a bunch of reinforcements because they, they were able to pull people away from Japan. They were able to pull people away from Japan because Japan had other things. So they pulled people away from Japan and sent the reinforcements in. And then what they did was they surrounded the Nazis in Stalingrad. They divided them up into two different pockets and then surrounded those pockets and just (sighs) the individual parts of Stalingrad are so amazing because if you picture, picture your own hometown or city, wherever you live, now picture gigantic armies, one bombing that town to smithereens. So look at all the buildings. They're still there. But they're missing floors. The windows are gone. There's rubble everywhere. So you can picture what that looks like just in your own city. Now picture two opposing armies fighting over those buildings, taking one. And then he comes back and retakes it and grenades and everything. It was just the most vicious and fighting ever. And the two sides hated each other so unbelievably much because of the Nazi atrocities they were doing on the way in. And the Soviets weren't exactly bright and sunny either. It was just a war of hatred. Hatred. And eventually the, the Nazis had to surrender there, surrendered all kinds of troops. Virtually none of them ever saw Germany again. Stalin wasn't exactly known for his mercy with his own people. How do you think he treated Nazi prisoners? It did not go very well. I forget what the numbers are, but it's amazing. Hundreds of thousands of Germans uh, uh, surrendered. I think the number is, and I may be wrong about this. Someone will correct me if I am. I think the number is like 5,000 ever saw Germany again. All right, that was Stalingrad. The Somme, also World War One. I, I got to hurry this up a little bit here. I'm taking too long. The Somme in World War One. That was the day where fi- there were 57,000 British casualties on the first day. I'm not going to go into the details of the Somme, but just know that was another one of those battles where they had men using old tactics, charging machine gun nests, and just throwing away lives, 10,000 at a time. It's, it's amazing to think about that. Remember, we lost 57,000 men in the entire Vietnam War. Britain lost that day one of the Somme in about an hour. That's loss of life. Like, like you, you, like you've never experienced. I've never experienced and never want to, obviously. And then finally, Guadalcanal. Guadalcanal is obviously the World War II battle. One of our very first. We go into Guadalcanal to root out the Japanese. I brought this up before. It applied to Medal of Honor Monday. Uh, from our Monday show, we did we do a Medal of Honor citation every every Monday. It's called Medal of Honor Monday. And we did one on Mitchell Page this last Monday. And I then, once I got done with his citation, I expanded more on uh, that uh, what it was like to fight in the Pacific and the horrors of that. And he was actually on Guadalcanal. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to Monday's show. Every show is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Even if you just fast forward to that stuff, it's about an hour in if you enjoy this. But that that's where your description is for Guadalcanal. It was horrific. The one I'd like to fight in the least to finally answer your question, even though it took me an hour, it would be Verdun. And that's not putting down any of the others. I mean, my goodness, none of they're all hell. They're all hell. I would never want to be in any of them. But artillery, uh, drowning in the muck is not exactly something I, I would look forward to. 
poison gas, the way these guys died in World War I from poison gas. And I've explained it before. I'm not going to explain it again because I know we have a lot of little kids that listen. It's a really, really, really ugly way to go. It's a very ugly way to go. It's not fast. It is, it is terrible. Poison gas, artillery. I, I don't want to go that way. So there. That's the answer to my question is Verdun. Now, someone has a question about the NSA. Edward Snowden, the Patriot Act, the government as it currently stands in this country. And we're going to have a tough conversation about that in just a second. But do you want your kids to learn these kinds of lessons? You want them to learn lessons from history? You want them to learn about communism? How to identify it? Why it's bad? What should government's role in a society be? You want them to learn free markets? I do. I want my kids to learn. And they're not just going to magically find that out. If I don't put things in front of them that teach them that, they'll never know. Your kids won't know just magically by osmosis. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and get these books for your kids. They have something for every age, from toddlers to teenagers. And I've brought this up before, and I I really want to emphasize this. Read these books with your kids. Read them to your kids. Discuss them with your kids. You'll be shocked at how much you'll learn. You know how arrogant I am. I know it all. Oh, I've learned so much from these books. Don't think it's just for kids. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Get these books. And if I may add, Christmas times here would be a great gift for friends and family. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And uh, we're going to do something I hate right now. We're going to do something I hate. We're going to talk about how I was wrong about something. I know. I know what you're saying. Jesse, you've never been wrong about anything. And for the most part, you're correct. But when I was a young hothead, I was all about the Patriot Act. I got a question, by the way. This is an Ask Dr. Jesse question. I got this question. Dear Jesse, fearless defender of of liberty, given your initial support for the Patriot Act, how did you feel about Edward Snowden when he disclosed the nefarious activity of the NSA? And how do you feel about him now? I don't know why. I don't know why people insist on me talking about the times I was wrong. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, when I was young, hot-headed, hated terrorists, I was all about the Patriot Act. And I thought, I thought the people, especially the libertarian types, who were warning about it, thought, hey, Jesse, they're, they're going to use this on you. They're going to eventually make you a terrorist. Oh, I thought they were the most namby-pamby, naive. Oh, you're soft on terror, you hippies. I, I said all of it. I said all of it. Man, was I dead wrong. And they were 100% right about all of it. And to answer your question, my thoughts on Edward Snowden back then were, I thought he should have been executed. I thought I, I thought he should have been put on trial and executed. I thought it was that big of a deal. Now, here's something we're going to have to decide for ourselves in the future. You're going to have to have this conversation with yourself, maybe your spouse. I'm going to have to have this conversation with myself. We're going to have to decide what makes a patriot. What makes a patriot? And here's what I mean by that. 
obviously you know patriotism as being love of country. That's that's how I would describe patriotism, love of country. Okay. What if your country goes bad? In, in all seriousness, what if your country goes bad? Let, let's talk about it. This is uncomfortable, so let's have these uncomfortable conversations. We're at, a, we're at a place in time in America where it's time to have this conversation. Now, remember, America is a place I would die for today. The heck, I almost did. America is a place I would die for. It is, it is worth dying for. We are so blessed to be here, so incredibly blessed to be here. What if this place turns flat out evil? At what point in time does fighting back against the system become real patriotism and going along with the system become anti-patriotism? You see what I mean? I hated Edward Snowden back then when I supported the Patriot Act because I thought, what kind of a traitor would release our secrets and things like that? Now... I mean, I played that clip from Tucker when I was on Tucker Carlson last night. I'll play it again next hour. Don't worry. I'll just be obnoxious about it today. But speaking of Tucker, it, it, I mean, this is a great question here. Let's remember the NSA spied on Tucker Carlson. Just This is recently. Spied on Tucker Carlson. And then, because they knew they couldn't officially leak it, they leaked their findings to the American media who then printed it. It was all about him, you know, going to interview Vladimir Putin or whatnot, which is something American news organizations have done. It's nothing out of line. They gathered that information. They read his text messages. I believe his emails too, but definitely his text messages. He found out about it from a whistleblower at the NSA, warned about it, and then they released his private information to the media who went public with it trying to destroy him. I don't know how to put this into words. I don't even know how to... to I don't even know how to come to a conclusion on this. Do you think you owe some oath of loyalty to a highly partisan organization that is out to destroy you and will without a second thought? I say you do not. That is a big deal. And this is why I've been so loud about the current state of the United States when it comes to things like the FBI. What if the FBI is now a completely leftist organization with its sights aimed squarely at the right. And there's a lot of indication out there that that's exactly what they are. There's a lot out there that makes the FBI look like they're simply the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. Well, if that's the case, how much loyalty do you owe to the FBI? And I don't want that to be the case. I want America to be a place where I can trust this cultural organization, this institution and that institution. I want this to be a place where our institutions are. I mean, they're never great because institutions are run by people, but where they're at least on the up and up. That's the kind of country I want to live in. I know that's the kind of country you want to live in. But guess what? Do you always get what you want? Do I always get what I want? I'll be frank with you. I don't sit around feeling sorry for myself over the state of America. I have plenty of days where I'm down about things, but I don't sit around feeling sorry for myself about the state of it. But if I'm being totally frank with you, just look, just you and me talking here, being honest, if I'm being totally frank with you, I think it sucks that we have to live in this era. I think it sucks we have to live in an era where the CDC gets up and says something, and I go, oh, brother, here we go again. 
That's crazy to me. The Center for Disease Control is now politicized and gone. I think it's terrible. The FDA, the FDA, not that I was ever a big fan anyway, but the FDA, completely partisan, completely gone. I think it's terrible. You ready for this? I think it's terrible our military is rotted. I I take a lot of pride in our military. I think it's a wonderful thing. I know you probably do too. I don't trust these people who lead our military at all. And if I'm being frank with you, again, not feeling sorry for myself, if I allow myself to think about it too long, it does bum me out that that's what we got. You know, the 1950s sound pretty good to me. I mean, shoot, forget 1950s. 1990s sounds pretty daggone good to me now. We don't have that anymore. Now, it doesn't do us any good to feel sorry for ourselves at all, but I do think it is time we have to... We have to wake up and realize what time it is. We have to realize what era we live in, and we do not live in an era like previous eras, and not in this country anyway. All right, that's enough of that. A bunch of CEOs across the country are stepping down. I'm going to explain why. And we have some more Joe Biden. It's awfully interesting. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And I'm going to get to the Biden stuff here. I'm going to get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I do want to play for you this Australian woman, though. I'm not going to play the long version because you really need to look at the video of the long version. The video of the long version is is her being held in this quarantine camp over there. And the enforcement officers are interrogating her about walking off her front porch without a mask on. And it's hard to understand, and they're Australian anyway, so it's not that easy to understand to begin with. So I'm not going to play you the long one, but I do want you to hear this woman. This is a little bit of a shorter one. I want you to hear her describing what's happening, and I do want you to understand something. I'm not expecting you to start caring about Australia. I'm not naive. I do expect you to understand the American left would have this policy in place in this country without a moment of hesitation if it was not for the American right. This is the country they want. Remember that. I just waited for someone to come and test me. No one came to test me. The next people who rocked up at my house were two other police officers. These are are actually uniformed police officers, normal police officers. Yeah. So then the police officers blocked my driveway. I walked out and I said, what's going on? Are you guys testing me for COVID? What's happening? They said, no, you're getting taken away and you have no choice. You're going to Howard Springs. You either come with us now or you can have a choice to get a COVID cab. So, of course, I chose the COVID cab because they said, well, if we're to take you, we're going to um, hand you a $5,000 fine. So I just said, look, I don't consent to this. I don't I don't understand why I can't just self-isolate at home like a lot of other people are doing. Um, and they just said, we've just been told from higher up where to take you and that's all that there is. That's real. What's happening right now in Australia is real and that's Australia. And this is an idea that is not, here's what's so wild. You are probably in a place where almost undoubtedly you're pretty much over COVID, right? Okay. Coronavirus. Let's just get past all this. What's nuts is 
There are several parts of this world and this country, they're not over it. They're ramping up, not down. There's an article on MSNBC right now saying the the Omicron variant will take over the world in three to six months. I'm not even joking. The plans these people have for coronavirus are awful. So once again, when I tell you to move to a red state, make it redder, Move to a red state and make it redder because red state America may be the last bastion of freedom in the world here before too long. It is wild what's happening right now. Jesse the Oracle. Imagine there are only five restaurants within 200 miles of you. Four of them are run by communist activist nutballs, but their food is great. Only one is run by freedom-loving activists, but their food sucks. Where do you eat? That's going right for my soul right here. Because everyone knows food is my weakness. I'd still eat at the freedom-loving one. You know what I do, Chris? You know, I, This is probably cheating because it was not part of the, the scenario I was giving. You know what I do? I'd go in and I'd start helping them out. I'd be that guy. I just, I'd, I, I wouldn't be rude about it or anything like that. I'd, just, I'd, I'd tell the owner, hey, why don't you come? Let's get a beer. You, you want to get out of here and get a beer? Let's sit down and have a beer real quick. Hey, uh, your cheese sticks suck. All right, your cheese sticks suck. There's not near enough cheese in this. You have to do this better. You need some more spice in your queso. Let me get back in there and help you improve all this stuff. That's what I do. But look, in all seriousness, I talk to you a lot about the various companies that I work with. And I talk to you about that for a reason. When I bring up things like my pillow. MyPillow is a company that shares your values, that shares my values, and I'm trying, I'm working towards, I'm not there yet, I know you're probably not there yet either, I'm working towards only giving my money to companies that share my values. It's honestly, it's why we switched from uh, from uh, T-Mobile to PureTalk, because they share my values. I don't have to have that filth all over my TV and know that I'm funding it. I won't do it. Well, I take that back. See, that's not fair. I am still doing it. I know I'm going to go see a movie because my kids want to go see it. I know I'm going to end up going to see uh, the new Ghostbusters probably. I haven't looked into it. I haven't seen that there's any crazy communist stuff in it, but I'm sure there's some dirt ball I'm funding going to that movie. So I'm the furthest thing in the, wor- in the world away from perfect. Furthest thing in the world away from perfect. But I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better every single day. And uh, look, uh, I'll be frank, and this sounds ugly. When it comes to moving forward, when I say move states, balkanize, you know, isolate yourself with, I, I'm talking about only hiring Republicans too. That's what I'm talking about, only hiring people on the right. I'm talking about only associating with people on the right. Now, that sounds ugly. It sounds, well, you're dividing America. No. We're already divided. I think it's time we get in on the game before we get eaten alive around here. You can get fired for expressing views considered to be right-wing, and not only can you, lots of people have. Maybe it's time to play that game. Maybe it's time to play that game. Maybe it's time to take a walk through that parking lot and look for those Biden bumper stickers and figure out who that car belongs to. Maybe it's time for you to go find a new job for your vote. My taxes are going up. I can't afford a gallon of gas. The border's overrun. You just murdered 13 of our warriors in Afghanistan, and then in response, murdered a family of 10 afterwards. I do blame. I do assign blame. And I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this at all. 
that, see, this is going to sound really harsh, but I mean it all the way. I've said something like this before, and you know what I had a guy say to me? My mom, my mom voted for Joe Biden because she thinks he's nice, but she doesn't deserve to lose her job. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And I know that's harsh. Yes, she does. Everyone in this country is currently paying for the idiocy of every person who walked in and voted for Joe Biden. There are people getting fired across America because of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. Your mom deserves to be fired. She does. I know that's harsh. But, buddy, she's going to have to wake up and get smarter, get more educated on the issues, or at least stop voting. Well, I voted for Joe because I think he's nice. I hope you lose your job because other people are millions of them across this country right now because of that idiotic vote of yours. I'm tired of hearing that stuff. It's time to wake up and own it. <sighs> now nah, I'm mad, Chris. I got myself fired up there. Dear Handsome Oracle. I've seen more than a few CEOs step down over the past several months with more that have said they're stepping down in 2022. Is it a coincidence this is happening with the Maxwell trial underway? He's, of course, talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. No, but you are going to see a lot of CEO turnover in the coming years. That's just a guess. It's a prediction from me, the Oracle, Chris. (laughs) Seriously, here's, here's the reality of life. And especially dudes, I can't speak for women on this, but dudes, we assign a lot of value to our profession. And you don't have to apologize for that. That's how God made you. That's how you're built. Women assign more value to their beauty because that's what they're judged on more often. A man assigns more value to his professional success. I'll be honest. I have people in my industry, people who do radio or TV. Remember, my t- I have a TV show every single night on the 1st, 9 p.m. Eastern. I have people in my industry who hate my guts. And these are not people who are my enemies. These are people I've never said anything but a friendly word to. I I mean, hold doors open for you, sit down and talk with you. And I'll find out, heard from a guy who heard from a guy that they just hate me. And I'll I'll generally ask, why? What are you talking about? He hates me? Are you kidding me? I like the guy. What's he? And the answer is always the same. They're really, really mad about how fast your career took off. They've been doing it for 20, 30 years. It never worked out for them. And there's just a jealousy thing there with men. There's a jealousy thing there with men when it comes to professional success. The same way women are horribly catty with each other about looks, men are just as catty, only it's about professional success. Because you're catty about the things you're judged on. That was a long way for me to say this. We love to take a lot of pride in how well we're doing, especially as dudes when your career is going well. You have ups and downs in your career. I certainly had a million of them. But when your career is going well, as a dude, you love to look in the mirror and think, man, I have it figured out. Gosh, I am awesome. I'm doing what, look at how good I am. Oftentimes, oftentimes, you're just, you just got caught up in the right circumstances. And look, I'm going to use a terrible example because it's not that I don't think Bill Belichick is a great coach. Bill Belichick's widely thought of as being the greatest NFL coach of all time. Is he thought of that way if he doesn't draft Tom Brady in the sixth round? Or is he just another guy who sucked it up with the Cleveland Browns? You look real, real smart when things just happen to work out for you. But there's a flip side to that. 
there's a big flip side to that. Sometimes, no matter your talents, you're simply not put in a place where you can succeed. And I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about here in just a second. But let me tell you once again about my pillow. I'm honestly, there's a huge sale right now. The original my pillow. It's $19.98. It was originally $69.98. And I've been encouraging you to go get one and get one for family and friends for Christmas. $19.98? Trust me, they're going to thank you for that. That's an amazing gift. And it comes in this super rolled up pack, so they ship really easily too if you're going to ship them around. $19.98. Got to go to MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE to get that deal. But MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE, $19.98. But set that aside for a minute. It really does mean the world to me that this is a company that shares my values. When I spend money at my pillow, and believe me, thanks to my wife, I've spent a lot, I can feel happy about it. I feel comfortable sending my pillow money because not only am I supporting a great American company with American made products, I'm supporting a company that will never go out there and dump on my country and violate the things I value a lot. That's awesome. Go enjoy the best pillow ever for $19.98. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And back to what I was talking about. Remember, if you miss any part of the Jesse Kelly Show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. No phone calls tonight, no guests tonight on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, but you can email jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday, this one or the next, they all get read. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them out for me. I read every single one of them. Back to what I was talking about. Someone was asking about the CEOs stepping down. Why are so many CEOs stepping down? Going forward from here. It's going to be some rough times economically. It just is. There's Because the Biden administration is so bad, everything they're doing is bad for the economy. So if you're the CEO of a huge company, it's not that you don't matter. You are very important. Leadership does matter. But if tomorrow, if I was to make Chris the CEO of Coca-Cola tomorrow, I just picked a random big company, so don't yell at me. If I was to make Chris the CEO of Coca-Cola tomorrow, Chris could exist as the CEO of Coca-Cola for years, and Coca-Cola would still be doing just fine. Profits would be rolling in. They'd be just fine. Would they be as fine as they would be if they hired someone who had actual intelligence? No. What, Chris? It's fine. But in all seriousness, they'd be fine because it's so big, they'd be fine. But what if the economy tanks? If the economy tanks, then profits go down. If profits go down, they don't look around too long for who to blame with these big companies. They look at the CEO. If you're a CEO and you're worth a fortune and you know you're going to have some gigantic golden parachute check written to you the second you sign off, why not sign off now and ride into the sunset? Go to the Mediterranean on a yacht with the wife. Go do whatever it is mega rich people do. You're going to see more people resigning because you don't want to be the cog in the wheel as the wheel is sinking to the bottom of the ocean. Now, let's address something politically here right now. Kamala Harris is an unmitigated disaster in every way. And there's new breaking news out about Kamala Harris. Here's Kamala. 
It's not right that families have to choose to either buy groceries or pay for health care, to either fill up their tank or pay their rent. Okay, Kamala Harris has now lost four staffers in just in recent weeks. Four staffers. In one month, she's lost four staffers. Why does this keep happening? There are a couple different reasons why Kamala loses staffers. And honestly, I always figured Kamala could handle the staff, but apparently I'm wrong. Kamala's losing staffers because her presidency, her potential presidency, the chances for that are going down. She got a lot of staffers, probably overqualified communists, because they assumed Joe Biden was going to get wheeled out the back of the White House eating Werther's Originals within about the first six months to a year, and the heir apparent Kamala would step up and then, boom, you're already there. Oh, wow, I'm I'm Kamala Harris's communications person. Now I'm the communications person for the president. They thought that's how that was going to work. Now, it's not exactly a secret anymore. The rumor mill being what it is in D.C., Joe Biden and Kamala Harris hate each other, and as unpopular as Joe Biden is, Kamala Harris has found a way, as she has so many times, to get underneath him. You you have any idea how difficult it is to be less popular than Joe Biden right now, especially when you're vice president? You don't even have responsibilities. She's the backup quarterback. She's not throwing interceptions. She has no responsibilities at all, and yet she's wildly unpopular. So they're moving on. They're already talking about butt gig and all kinds of other things. That's one reason. A second reason is this, and this is a big, big part of why Kamala Harris not only has lost staff recently, she's notoriously bad to work for. You probably know somebody in your life. I hope you don't work with someone, but if you don't, you probably have at one point, you probably know someone in your life like this, the kind of person who will simply do and say anything to get ahead. Those people are very, very difficult to work around. Either they're knifing coworkers in the back or they're sucking up to the boss or it's all about them. They're just naked ambition. You know, that's probably a great nickname for Kamala Harris, naked ambition. It's a great nickname for her, but we're moving on here. Kamala Harris is naked ambition. She always has been. That's why she's done so many of the things that she's done in order to get to where she is. Now, it's very, very difficult to work with somebody like that. It's virtually impossible to work for somebody like that. Because here's the thing. She's the leader of her office. Leadership matters. The boss does matter. And if the boss is constantly looking for ways to pass off blame when the boss is screwing up, that means the boss is constantly tossing his or her own people underneath the bus. When Kamala Harris has a bad day, and it seems like every day she has a bad day, she can't answer basic questions, her personality's awkward, it's just terrible. When Kamala Harris has a bad day, you know she goes back to that office and starts pointing fingers. Why didn't you tell me they were going to ask that question? You can't work in an environment like that for very long. You simply cannot. You simply cannot. In the same way, look, look we talk about employers, employees all the time, right? What's the number one rule, employees? Everyone knows it by now. Make your boss's life easier. But there is the flip side to that for bosses. 
you don't throw your employees under the bus for your sake or you won't have them for very long. People have options out there and they'll move on. That's why Kamala Harris has such a hard time handling her staff. Dear Dr. Jesse, chieftain of the cheeseburgers, I've made your cheeseburgers and they truly live up to the hype. I know they do. Just quick side note here. I'm not exactly informing anyone new, but since the show apparently is going to keep growing, I realize there are many who don't know this. I make the greatest cheeseburgers on the face of the planet. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. It has been independently confirmed a thousand times. I'm not a good cook. I'm not a chef. I don't know my way around the kitchen. I do make the best cheeseburgers on the planet. I think what we're going to do, because the show has an Instagram page, at Jesse Kelly Shows, the Instagram page. I think I'm going to record another video for the Instagram page of me giving out my burger recipe. And I'll probably give it out on the radio again very, very shortly. Uh, I'll get to the rest of this question here in just a sec. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. Chris, did you see this? I love this one from Fox Business. I'm going to get back to the emails here in just a second. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I love this from Fox Business. There is a widening gap between these red states and these blue states. So if you look over the last 12 months, uh, the unemployment rate in the red states tends to be about two percentage points lower than the blue states. So I'm not sure exactly what that what that is, but I think partly it is that red states have just been more open. Um, you think that might be what it is? It's it's so weird. It's wild how if you don't shut down your economy, your economy runs better. It's so nuts. No, in, in all seriousness, I'm just taking a jab at him. But when I tell you to go to a red state, that's why. And I do... I do understand life is more complicated than that. It's easy for me to sit here behind a microphone when I'm already in one. I'm already in Texas and say, oh, just move. I know that's so easy to say. If it's possible, if you can do it with job and family, take it from me. I have lived everywhere. I've lived in purple areas. I've lived in very blue areas. I now live in a blood red area. Hear me out here. Life is so much better in a red area. The little experiences you have throughout out the day, they make your life so much better. I'm not even just talking about COVID rules. The little experiences. Last night, I have to stop and get gas on the way home. Finish the show yet? last night, I go stop and get gas. I'm sitting there, filling up with gas, and I think to myself, I mean, the beer is right there. So I decide I'm going to walk in and just grab a six-pack of beer for maybe the weekend. I walk in and the guy who's buying, say he was buying a case of water, is sitting there talking with the cashier girl. I go back, grab six pack of beer, walk up to the counter. He looks at me, steps back, says, hey, I'm really sorry, man. I was just gabbing with her. And I said, oh, no, it's fine. And then she jumps in. She said, yeah, our bad. We didn't mean to make you wait. I said, I wasn't waiting at all. And we proceeded to have a five-minute conversation about everything that was going on in the town and everything else. And then I pay for my stuff and I walk out. I'm like, y'all have a good night. You too. Hey, great talking to you. I lived in a blue area for quite a while. You're never going to have that experience in a gas station. Believe me when I tell you that. 
if they look at you at all, it'll be to scowl at you. But most of the time, everyone will be eyes down. Everyone's so freaking rude. Life is better in a red area. It is. It is. And it's not just economically. There are people in this country, and maybe you're one of them. There are people in this country, they still have to wear a mask every day. I brought it up earlier in the show, and I meant it. I don't, I don't know where mine is. I don't know where mine is. That's the difference right now. That's the difference. Back to the emails. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I made your cheeseburgers. They truly live up to the hype. I like to make enough, one at a time, of course, to have some for the next day, too. I also plan on trying your breakfast version. My super advanced breakfast version just involves adding an egg, a runny yolk egg to it, so the yolk will drain down your your chin. It's just the best thing ever. Anyway, that leads to my question. What is the proper way to reheat your cheeseburgers? Oven? Or do we go full white trash and pop those bad boys in the microwave? Thank you, sir, and you can say my name. Remember, I don't say your name even for death threats unless you tell me I can. I'm the last person on earth who believes in privacy. His name is Philip. Philip, I'm going to be as nice as I can here, Philip. Don't you dare reheat one of my cheeseburgers ever. My cheeseburgers, I want you to think of them like, um, let me think here. What if... What if you were to find something super sacred out there? I mean, what, Chris? I'm serious about this. What if you were to find uh, an ancient throne of some kind? And how much would you treasure that ancient throne? Well, that's how much you should treasure my cheeseburgers and the experience of, well, shut up, Chris, of eating my cheeseburgers. You don't ever reheat my cheeseburgers. You make them one at a time because you make them to order. There should never be an extra cheeseburger that's already cooked. Now, I'll be honest. I like to make more than I need, too, but I don't cook them. I usually use uh, like a cookie sheet to put uh, to prep all the meat and stuff like that in there, and then I'll prep the patties and just have the patties all, stocked up, all stacked up in the cooking sheet so I can just sit there by by the frying pan and just fry them bad boys up. I just leave the raw burger there. I obviously cover it up with something, foil or something like that, and toss that sucker in the fridge because I'm just like you. They're so amazing. I want more the next day. Sometimes, sometimes I'll eat them for two meals a day if I have them laying around. But don't you ever email me and suggest reheating my burgers ever again. Philip, I'm ashamed of you. Ashamed. Jesse, what is the attraction of communism? How have we got to this point? Not long after winning WW2. He says, I can say his name. His name is Travis, United States Marine Corps. Semper Fi, my brother. Semper Fi. All right. Um, Here's the attraction of communism. And this is difficult. This will be difficult for you to understand. It's difficult for me to understand. But here's the truth of it. People love to spread around. They love to spread around whatever their state of mind is. Happy people, genuinely content and happy people, they love to spread around happiness and contentment. They do. But we, we like to make fun of sometimes. You know, you, you know someone who's super into working out. Maybe you're super into working out. And we love to make fun diet people for the same reason. They're on a new diet. I've lost 20 pounds. And it's so much fun to make fun of those people because it becomes all they talk about. 
Oh, look at my new diet. Oh, look at my new workout. I just lifted today. But the truth is, yes, it's fun to make fun of those people. The reason they're like that is that creates genuine joy and contentment for them. And they do want to share it with others. You finish a good workout. You know what it's like when you're working out. I don't know about you. I tend to yo-yo. I'll go through periods of time where I'm working out hard. And then I'll just get fat for like two months and then hate myself for it and go back to working out. And when I'm in that mode where I'm working out hard, it does feel good. And you do want to tell other people about it. Because you, whatever your state of mind is, you want to spread it to others. The same thing applies to like peer pressure. Oh, I'm having a beer. Do you want a beer? No, I don't feel like it. I'd rather feel good the next day. Oh, come on. Have a beer. That's the same thing. You know what I'm talking about. The same thing applies, though, to misery. What's that old saying? I didn't come up with it, but now I'll take credit. What's that saying? By me, hurt people, hurt people. There are a lot of truly miserable people out there. They're jealous, miserable their life hasn't worked out exactly the way they wanted it to work out. It hasn't worked out the way they pictured it. The way they, the, you know, every little girl wants to be a princess. Every man wants to be a king. And you wake up one day and you look at yourself in the mirror and boy, is that not the way it worked out? And you're angry about it and you're bitter about it. When you're that way, you want to spread that to others too. That really is the essence of communism. The, the, base, the base of communism. Communism is only made possible by envy. If envy didn't exist, there would never be any communism. That's why all of it today is here's everything you don't have. Here's what they have and you don't. Here's why you're oppressed. And that, that's the essence of communism. That's why it spreads so fast too. Because if you allow that to creep in, you're in danger. What have I told you about stopping your kids from becoming communists? What's the best way to do it? Teach your kids to have a grateful heart. A grateful heart. Did it with my boys again last night. Tell me something you're grateful for. Tell me some way that you're blessed. Make them think about it. Make them realize how blessed they truly are, and then they'll never succumb to communism. That's why it spreads so fast. All right. We're going to play you a little Joe Biden next. Golly, he is just... Ew. We're going to play some Joe Biden next, and then I'll get back to some more Ask Dr. Jesse questions. But inflation, remember I played the clip for you a bunch of times last night. I'm not going to play it again tonight. Janet Yellen now flat out coming out and saying uh, inflation is not transitory at all. This inflation thing is here to stay. Listen, buy some gold from Oxford Gold Group. And you're doing that not because you like to look at shiny gold, although I'll be honest, that's not the worst thing in the world. You do that so if these politicians continue to abuse the dollar and destroy the value of your dollar, you actually have something that's worth something. I mean, you realize all that money you have in the bank or invested or whatever, if they destroy the value of the dollar, it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do me any good. Oxford Gold Group will actually deliver real gold to your front door. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. Get something the politicians cannot destroy. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Oxford Gold Group. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is 
the Jesse Kelly Show. And Chris, did I mention to you I was on Tucker Carlson last night? What? Oh, I did bring that up earlier? It's not that I was on because obviously he's my buddy and I'm on there all the time. It's not just that I was on Tucker Carlson last night. It was how really, really incredible I was. Jesse Kelly is the host of the Jesse Kelly Show. We're happy to have him join us tonight. Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. I mean, look, everyone kind of knows what we're learning in this trial, but there's something about seeing this get memory hold, like the attack in Waukesha, that drives me crazy as someone who cares about facts. Do you think they'll be able to make this go away? Oh, absolutely they'll make it go away. Uh, Tucker, you just brought up Waukesha. That's the largest domestic terrorist attack in how many years here? And it's already out of the papers. Ten people, if you go ask ten people right now if they know who Daryl Brooks is, they don't don't have any idea who you're talking about. They would say, who? Does he play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They would have no idea who he is. They'll make this whole thing go away. I mean, I've enjoyed walking through memory lane with you, uh, listening to him crying. The best part wasn't Robin Roberts' closed eyes. It was the whispering, Tucker, the whispering. Don't you understand? (laughs) Exactly. She's, she's very she's she's very concerned. Now look, we the media in this country hates the country. You have to yeah. make the country hateable to get everyone else to hate the country. Well, exactly. And that's why they dive in the second they get a chance to try to make America look racist. The second the media sees something they can paint as a hate crime, they're going to swan dive in like Whoopi Goldberg in a pool of marshmallow cream. <laughs> To make people hate the country, you have to make the country hateable. I just, I always think when I hear that, I mean, I live here, I've lived here for 50 years. It's the opposite of what they describe. I never see anybody attacking anybody because of his race. People seem to get along really well with people who are different from them. It actually seems like the most peaceful, warmest, kindest country in the world. Do you think people buy this stuff, that it's a racist country? Sadly, they do if all they consume is that. What's, what's, what we're going through right now, Tucker, is you have to seek out the truth. It doesn't just hit you. If you just consume yeah. traditional news sources, read the newspaper, watch the big channels, NBC, ABC, CBS, you live now in a world of make-believe, and the problem is you don't know it. We have a huge yeah. percentage of Americans who are good people. They sit down at night, and they turn on CBS after a long day of work, and they think they're getting the news when they're getting outright lies. And you can't get the truth from the politicians. I mean, you showed Vice President Dome on there earlier. She grew. She ran with that lie immediately. She loved it because the politicians are all scumbags now. And she refused to acknowledge it was a lie, even after it was proved to be a lie, which tells you that she's she's really committed to deception, which is scary, actually. Uh, Jesse Kelly, a man with amazing instincts on every story. I always think that. Great to see you tonight. Thank you. Be good, brother. I do have amazing instincts, Chris. What? Don't roll your eyes. They are pretty incredible. It's just Kamala Harris is such a bad person. And look, I get to take genuine pleasure in watching Dome fail. And she's going to keep failing. She is. Chris, speaking of failing, why is the president of the United States, and I realize this is probably just a slip of the tongue, so let's not make something more of this than we should, but why is Joe Biden constantly doing things or saying things around children that make people feel like they need a shower. First of all, Mr. President, your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see a COVID test. I have a check for all the strands. What I have is a one-and-a-half-year-old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he'd been kissing him anyway. So, uh... Kissing, you know what? No, we're not going into it, Chris. We're not going into that anymore. <laughs> Gosh. All right. 
Back to the emails. Why do you think the Russian army during World War II was the best military ever? I think that was the German military, or I think the German military was much better. Oh, I never said the Russian army during World War II was the best military ever. I actually think the German army in World War I might have been the best military ever. But frankly, it's the Mongols. It's Genghis Khan's Mongols. That's the greatest military ever. What, Chris? Can they be called a military? They took over like the entire known planet. Yes, that's the military, Chris. That's uh, Chris is so stupid. He just said that's not an organized military. That's one of, if not the most mil- organized militaries of all time. Did you know, to this day, they organize militaries around the world, ours included, in ba- it's not always this way, but basically in groups of 10. So you'll have a squad that's 10 men, and then a platoon that's three different or four different squads of 10 men, and then you'll have a company that's, that's different, different, uh, three or four different platoons. Like everything is divided up that way. Where do you think the world got that, Chris? Genghis Khan. I mean, the people do not know enough about Genghis Khan. I mean, yeah, granted, he killed like 40 million people, so it, yeah, it's, we, can't, we, we can't exactly lionize the guy. But Genghis Khan was absurdly good. Absurdly good. If you were to list the greatest generals who ever lived, Genghis Khan is probably number one. But that's not the most amazing thing. The most amazing thing is, if you're making a top ten list... You probably have three or four of Genghis Khan's generals underneath him on the top ten list of all time. People do not know how great the Mongolian army was. But back to your question, I never said that Russian military was the greatest ever. It's not what I said. What I said, and I've said this repeatedly, there's a common way of thinking in the anti-communist American movement, you know, my movement, There's a common way of thinking where people will say, hey, we should have kept going after World War II and defeated the Soviets. You know, Patton wanted to do that. We should have gone after the Soviets. If we'd known, we could have have taken out communism then. that's That's a common way of thinking. It's dead wrong. The American military could not have invaded the Soviet Union and defeated the Red Army at the end of World War II. Yes, we were incredible by the end of World War II. And our Navy was the best in the world by a mile. So were the Soviets. They'd just gotten done in the greatest military campaign ever, running Nazi Germany out of their country. Now, granted, lots of their stuff was stuff we had sent them, but they were a well-oiled, experienced fighting machine. Don't get me wrong. They couldn't have invaded us, but we could not have invaded them. People, people who bring that up act like that was possible. That was not possible. Plus, the American public had no appetite for more war. Everyone was done with it by the end of World War II. All right. We have more questions next. People want to know about popcorn. People want to know about relationships. I'll explain it all in just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't forget to tune into my TV show tonight on the first 9 p.m. Eastern. We're doing a special. It's going to be a good time. All right. 
let's talk about vaccines for a second here. I got this email. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, right? Dr. Kelly, they say I'm killing people because I'm unvaxxed. It's been two years. How long is this going to take? I've breathed on many commies, yet they live. Any advice? <laughs> Says I can use his name. His name is Kemp. Uh, look, obviously he's being tongue-in-cheek, but again, I, I know I've asked this a hundred times on the air. I continue to ask it. All these vaccine mandates everywhere. A vaccine mandate is in, it's indicating that an unvaccinated person spreads coronavirus and a vaccinated person does not. It also indicates that the vaccinated person is somehow in danger from the unvaccinated person. And I just have to ask the question once again, why does a vaccinated person need to be protected from an unvaccinated person? Did you not get the vaccine? Did you not get the vaccine under the assumption that it protects you from coronavirus? I mean, I I realize I just went to community college, but that's kind of how vaccines work. You take the vaccine so you don't have to worry about that disease anymore. So you took your coronavirus vaccine. You're passionate about it. Believe me, you can't walk five steps without somebody bragging about their vaccine. So why are you worried about the unvaccinated? Anybody? Can anyone answer this question? And look, I've mentioned it before. I've mentioned it a lot. I've been I've given passionate speeches about it on the show, how dangerous it is to scapegoat people who haven't been vaccinated. Remember when Joe Biden came out and Joe Biden talked about this being the pandemic of the unvaccinated and that kind of language spread. It, it just spread across the globe. You saw other global leaders saying the pandemic of the unvaccinated, pandemic of the unvaccinated. I said it is very, very, very dangerous. I said it's very dangerous because historically, I know it sounds over the top. That's how atrocities and genocides start. You identify a group of people, pick your religion or race, whatever it may be, and you tell the country, you see that minority group over there? Those are the ones who are responsible for all of our problems. Remember, they're still blaming them for the economy. It's a big deal. Well, the boys dug up this philosopher, Paul Kingsworth. He's speaking my language. People are arguing about the vaccines, but they're really under the surface arguing about what kind of person you are if you have taken these things, whether you're a good or a bad person or clean or an unclean one. We have this situation in which the scapegoat mechanism is kicking in, right? We can very, very clearly see the so-called unvaxxed, who are often represented as anti-vax or far-right actors or general you know, conspiracy nuts, becoming the new class of people that's acceptable to demonize and abuse and even threaten to kill. And that's where we are now because of the choice that people have made. And this is being used to justify an authoritarian society, in my view. Oh, it's not in your view. It is. That's what's happening right now across the globe. Across the globe, these politicians and billionaires They have decided that coronavirus is wonderful and it is the path to get them all the power they've ever wanted. Gosh. Back to your emails. Dr. Jesse, you've been giving a lot of relationship advice lately and I'm curious about something. On Twitter, you mentioned a girl you were into from junior college who had a nose ring and a snake tattoo down her back but didn't elaborate. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm curious about the story behind this. Please regale us with what I'm sure is a cautionary tale. <laughs> One, I don't give out relationship advice unless you ask, nor am I the one qualified to do so. But now, it look, as you know, I went to community college when I got out of the Marine Corps. I'm not a good student. I, I hate, hate school, hate school, and didn't want to be there either. And I don't need to elaborate on anything. I will just say there was a girl in community college when I first got out, and she did have a tattoo that ran from the back of her neck. Apparently, I, I mean, I, I, all I know is what she looked like with a shirt on. Apparently, it ran from the back of her neck all the way down across her back and things like that. And look, I don't want to sound like old fuddy-duddy Jesse at all. All right? I'm not, I don't want to sound like old fuddy-duddy Jesse. I have nothing against tattoos. I have nothing against tattoos on chicks. I don't have any tattoos, but I've been close a couple times. There were a couple nights in the Marine Corps, often <clears throat> late nights out with your buddies. You end up in a tattoo parlor and they're getting, you know, a Marine Corps tattoo or something like that. And I've had plenty of times where I was tempted. No tattoos, though. And now I'm 40. Now it's just lame. I mean, now now it's lame. So, so I'm not, I'll never get one. I don't have a problem with tattoos on women either. I mean, sometimes it could be a little spicy out there. But if it goes a little too far... You pro- guys, I'm talking to you guys, not talking to the ladies right now, fellas. I know what you're thinking. Believe me, you're going to run into trouble. All right. You're going to run into trouble. All I'm saying is tattoo. Fine. Couple tattoos. No big deal. A dragon going down the length of your back. Trust me on this. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. It's like redheads, Chris. What? That's fine. Yo. Movie theater question, second part. We now know that both armrests are yours. They are mine, by the way. If we're sitting down, both of them belong to me. Look, I'm not saying that because I'm rude, although I am rude. I'm 6'8", and I have wide shoulders. I need both armrests. But what do you do, he says, when the patron next to you leaves his popcorn with yummy butter? He does not come back from the restroom. You eat? What kind of savages listen to this show? No, you don't eat. And here's why you don't eat his popcorn. Not because it's right or wrong. Bro, have you been to a public restroom before? You know how many disgusting dudes out there do not wash their hands after they use the bathroom? It's disgusting. It's, it's, I can't believe people do this. Now, listen, we're out in nature, camping, hunting, stuff like that. Obviously, nothing to do, but I'm not worried about that. But in a public setting with a sink right there and soap and paper towels, and you'll just go up and do your business and they just stroll out the door? How do I know that guy hasn't been sticking those disgusting fingers? I know, Chris, I know, right in the popcorn. No way. No way. Gosh. Dear totally normal average size Jesse, my wife is a bit of a lefty. She often gets mad at me about the things I post on socials. And says it makes me look like a bigot, even though she knows I'm not. But over the last few months, I've been clubbing her over the head with undeniable bits of truth about COVID, communist universities, and the media's marriage with the left. And I feel she's starting to see things the way I do. What is your best advice for trying to convince center-left people that the Democratic Party isn't their grandpa's Democratic Party anymore? Here's my best advice, because it's difficult to convert. Remember... You're not converting a Democrat. 
This is somebody who has a religion. So it's difficult to get someone to convert from their religion, right? You tend to stick around with that sort of thing. May I suggest this? Be If it's someone who's coming around. Now, look, if it's a full-blown communist, just make fun of them and make their lives miserable and move on. If this is someone you care about, obviously like your wife, I mean, I would hope you care about her, and she's coming around, I would suggest not doing anything you're not already doing. Just keep feeding her information. If she's already waking up, what that tells you is, whatever her background, whatever this is, and I have people who have, have their family members are going through this all the time. If she's already coming around, it tells you this is a thinking human being. This is a person who can be saved from all this horrible stuff. So just do your work. Just do your work. Continue to reveal the truth to her. When there's a new insane thing that's revealed out there, simply present it to her and show this is what they want. I'll tell you one thing, and I've believed this for a long time, and I continue to hear this. One thing that is screwing up the left bad in this country is their embrace of all the drag queen stuff for kids. You know, there's a new drag queen story hour for kids in every other crazy leftist city. You need to show her that. Show your friends that. That is such a bridge too far for so many people. One of my buddies, I was actually just talking to him last night. His aunt is just this hardcore Democrat, hardcore liberal, has been forever. And he was he was laughing it up. We were talking last night. He said, you know what she told me last night? She said she switched to being an independent. He said for her, that's practically her coming out as being Barry Goldwater. Why? She's a Mexican. This Mexican family, my buddy's Mexican. That whole trans stuff, especially trans stuff with kids, that was way too far for her. You want to you talk about taxes or spending or stuff like that? Open borders, she's all about it. You start having trans people dancing in front of kids in school, that was, for her, that was, that was just a bridge too far. I would argue you don't have to do anything. Just keep revealing little bits of truth here and there. And they'll come around. All right. We already have have another family, sadly, being divided by coronavirus and vaccines. We'll talk about that here in a second. I have a great little audio clip from the great Senator Kennedy. But first, we've been talking about kids. Talk a lot about kids and how you can reveal certain things to them. There's this old way of thinking that needs to die. And that's that, oh, well, all young people are going to be socialists anyway. That's a bald-faced lie. Young people are what you train them to be. Do you want your kids to have your values? Do you want them to be aware of communism and fight against it? Do you want your kids to even understand what free markets are, why they're important, entrepreneurship, the golden rule? Do you want these things for your kids? Well, you must teach them. And these Tuttle Twins books at TuttleTwinsJesse.com, these Tuttle Twins books are incredible because they're entertaining for boys and girls. They have books for all ages, from toddlers to teenagers. Buy your kids some Tuttle Twins books, give it to them, and just watch them learn. They're incredible. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. You get 35% off, by the way, when you go there, and free activity workbooks. TuttleTwinsJesse.com. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is 
the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you want to watch me, I have a TV show every single night on the first TV. We're running a special tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. You'll enjoy that. Chris, before we get back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I, I want to clear something up. We've been talking about this a lot, about how radical the Democrats govern. They get elected. They promptly try to reward their friends and punish their enemies. And they try to make sure their people are entrenched in our government forever. There is a radical guy trying to get appointed as a justice right now. His name is Dale Ho. No, there's no relation to Kamala. He got asked a question by a Kennedy, and it was wonderful, wonderful watching Senator Kennedy make this guy squirm. I want to assure you that I understand that the role of a judge is to set aside whatever personal views that person I I heard your testimony. Um, Did you say, quote, Republicanism is an anti-democratic virus? No, Senator. I don't believe I've used those words. Okay. You're under oath now. Yes, Senator. I I don't believe I've used those words. I, I do remember saying last year that there was a loss of confidence in our elections that has spread kind of like a virus. Right. Well, that's, um, a, that's a long way from uh, calling the Republican Party an anti-democratic virus. Yes, it's, it's very different, and I don't believe I used those words, right. Senator. Right. Uh, if you did use those words, w- will you p- pull down your, your nomination? Uh, S- Senator, I-, I don't believe I've used those words. But if you did, w- will you withdraw? It- it- it's hard for me to imagine a scenario in which but I-, I would I'm just use saying, those assume words. if you said it, will you withdraw? I- if I were quoting someone else saying it to describe that kind of sentence, I, I-, I wouldn't be expressing my own views. But, I- Senator, I-, I don't believe I've ever used those <laughs> words. Oh, great. Oh, he used it. He used it because Kennedy was reading it. I just look. There's nothing major to it. I just enjoyed watching him squirm. But that's what they're doing. That's what they're packing this place with. Dear Jay Steele, Many Guns Kelly, thank you for introducing me to Daryl Cooper this week. Chris, what day do we have Daryl Cooper on the show this week? Oh, hang on, look that up. Look up. We had uh, Daryl Cooper on the show this week, and you know I don't, I don't spend a ton of time on the show promoting podcasts or promoting candidates or promoting charities and it's not because I don't I don't care about any of those or I don't respect them I, I like it when I do it it means more if it's not something you do every day Daryl Cooper he runs the Martyr Maid podcast and he's just uh, go download Tuesday's show you'll enjoy our, my interview with Cooper and you'll enjoy the Martyr Maid podcast it is really really good he, he researches stuff a lot if you're into history and stuff like that it's really good I'll tell you he has like a six-parter, I think it was some of the first podcasts he did, on the formation of Israel. Now, at the end of it, he kind of kind of points the finger at Israel, which I, he and I disagree on that, but it's still a wildly informative podcast. Very, very informative. Very good stuff. Anyway, thank you for introducing me to Daryl Cooper this week. I listened to his podcast titled Anti-Humans, and nothing made my blood run cold like him describing the black masses at Potesti Prison or Potest Prison. It's actually called Potest, I believe. Uh, th- let me pause here for a second. In Romania, they were struggling with communism too. 
and there was a prison. Uh, there's a museum, actually, where this prison used to be now called Petesti, P-I-T-E-S-T-I, or Petest. It was another prison run by communists trying to, quote, convert all the people who didn't become communists. I, I, you know I do a family show. I, I do a show you can listen to with your kids. I always will. You will never have to worry about leaving this show while the, while the kids are in the car and you run inside to grab a bag of chips or something like that. I don't. That's not because I'm a good person. It's because I have kids and I'm so sick of all the filth out there I can't let my kids listen to. So because of that, I understand there are many, many kids listen to this show. I'm not going to go into the details of what happened at this prison or inside of this prison. But I will just say it is stuff that very well may not be appropriate for your kids. If they're a little older and they're able to handle it, I mean, I don't know the maturity level of your children. If they're a little older, they may be able to handle it. But communists really are anti-human. It's part of the religion. That's why they end up killing. That's why they've killed so many millions and millions, tens of millions of people. Oh, well over 100 million people. It is, an, it is not just a religion of domination and destruction. It is an anti-human religion. They just have no regard whatsoever for human life. None. No regard for human life. Anyway, moving on. He said, I have known about the horrors of communism, but I feel like I was woefully uninformed on this, and I'm sure much more for that time. Was wondering if you had any good recommendations on reading materials or documentaries. Love the show. You can say my name if you read this. His name is Jake. P.S. Seeing what they did, I think this answers your question about why communists are so good at propaganda. If you don't have a soul, you can easily do what is needed to get power. I mean, that obviously is why the communists are so good at propaganda. Every word they say is a lie, and they're not worried about that. There's just no morality there because, again, they don't have a religion. Communism is their god. Communism is their religion. You hear this a lot. You'll hear this on... The ultra ultra nationalists write a lot. You'll hear actually they'll they'll talk about Jews and they'll blame commun they'll blame the Jews for communism. It's very very common. It's very very common. See, Chris even partially does, and he's Jewish. And I'm telling you, here's why. Here's where you're wrong. Yes, there were a lot of Jewish people originally involved in communism in the Russian Revolution and things like that. But here's where people get this wrong. They get this wrong a lot. Yes, they were Jews. But they were not loyal to Judaism. They were loyal to communism. Yes, they were Jewish by heritage, maybe even Jewish by religion. That's where they screwed up big time when they, when they, when they were trying to appeal to the Jews of the Soviet Union during World War I. When they're like, hey, you can have Israel. They thought they were appealing to Judaism. No, communists don't have a second religion. Communism is their religion. It is their religion. There's not a second one, and that's why they are so, so good at propaganda. The truth is simply not in them. They can say and will say and do anything and everything. Anyway, I'm going to finish this question here in a second. Hang on. the jesse kelly show on an ask dr jesse friday the question was actually i kind of glossed right over it the question was do you have more book recommendations or documentaries on communism and the horrors of communism the answer to that question is yes 
I'm not going to give them to you now for a specific reason. I get asked a lot because I'm such a geek because I love I love documentaries and I like I like books. Shut up, Chris. I enjoy reading books and I like documentaries. I'm 40 going on 80. Okay, I, I love to read and I love documentaries. My whole family makes fun of me. The wife, my boys do. Everybody they'll catch me if if, if I get time to myself at night. I'll be sitting there, glass of bourbon, and a book or a documentary. And what are you watching? I'll be and I'll tell them, oh, I'm watching a documentary on on the Civil War. And they'll say, oh, geez, Dad, <laughs> they really love it when I make them sit down and watch with me. I'll be no, sit, you sit and learn. Anyway, I like these things a lot, and because I like these things a lot, and I bring them up on the show, I try to give you a good content when I can find it. Just because I know you like this stuff too, I need to come up with a list. And I'm thinking uh, our Instagram page, the show started an Instagram page at Jesse Kelly show. I'm thinking that's going to be a good resource for it. We have a, a Twitter page too, at Jesse Kelly show. I think, I think Chris will have to tell me if this is possible. We'll work on it. I'm going to come up with a continuous reading list. Maybe it'll have to be on the website or something, a documentary list in a reading list of things uh, of things I like and things I've consumed. And because I'm going to wait and we're going to think about this and we're going to start compiling it, I'm going to hold off on that. And by the way, there's a reason. There's a reason you found it very difficult to find books and documentaries on communist atrocities. What do you think that reason is? How hard would you have to look right now to find uh, something about the Nazis? Be easy, right? It's everywhere. It's everywhere you look. You know the communists killed more than the Nazis did by several times. Why is it so hard to find something on communist atrocities? Why do you think that is? Why isn't your child learning that in America's government schools? Why, why isn't there documentary after documentary after documentary on uh, Amazon Prime about the horrible communist atrocities across the globe? Why do you think that is? Hmm. I wonder. I, I do wonder. It is funny. In fact, I just saw Wikipedia. I know you go to Wikipedia. Everyone does. Wikipedia, they're getting ready to delete one of their pages. Okay, that's weird. What page is it? There's a page dedicated on Wikipedia to the mass killings committed by communists. Wikipedia has decided that this page is, quote, too biased and needs to be removed. I wonder why. I became my grandfather in October. Or I became a grandfather in October. I became my grandfather. I became a grandfather in October. I can't see my grandson because I haven't been jabbed. I've had COVID and I've offered to get tested before a visit. My daughter has lost her beeping mind. You can say my name. His name is David. Brother, I'm so sorry. I I don't have... I don't have something else to say. I, it's your daughter, so I'm not going to say what I'd like to say right now. It's still your daughter. But I will just say this in a, in a general sense. If you're hearing the sound of my voice right now and you won't see your parents, your child, your brother, your nephew, if, if you've allowed coronavirus to so consume your mind that you have cut off family members you love you are a broken piece of trash and you really, really need to examine your heart. Family is everything. And I know what it's like to be estranged from family members. And man, if, if you just tossed that away, 
for a virus your child isn't even at risk for, you really genuinely are a piece of garbage. You let that man see his grandson or granddaughter, whatever it is. Golly, that is unspeakable what has happened in this country, man. I hate it, Chris. I, I can't I can't believe how many of these I get. And I'm not saying don't stop. I'm not saying to stop sending them to me. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email me anything you want. Keep sending them to me. That's fine. I just, man, I hate reading that. It's terrible. Mr. Handsome Tenderloin, you often talk about how ancient Rome, when in times of war, would appoint one man to take over. Let's say we take up that, uh, that idea and you are appointed the man in charge and you have unlimited say in turning our country around. What would you do with that power and how long would it take to turn us around in the right direction? Also, I recently worked on, the, on a set of live Greta Van Fleet shows and was disappointed every time I didn't hear it is the Jesse Kelly show after the intro of Highway Tune. Keep it up, brother. You can say my name. His name is Mike. That is a great jam. It is a great jam. Gets me fired up and ready to go. I, I, I don't think I should probably answer the question of what I would do with that power. It depends on how long you'd give me. Look, the truth is you must be – I'm not talking about hurting people, but you must be very, very aggressive with communism. You have to treat it as if it's a virus that has to be purged. I, I don't think they should be able to work. I, don't, I, I think they should be isolated from other people. In fact, anybody who's foreign-born at all should be deported immediately. That, I, I'm not joking about this. Communism, we have, in the West, the West has been consumed by communism because the West was not nearly aggressive enough in dealing with it. People think Joe McCarthy was bad because he had some hearings and got some people fired. If we'd known the stakes of what happens when your country goes full communist, I say Joe McCarthy was a gentle, gentle soul, much more gentle than he should have been. Communism is a death cult. Communism means the death and misery for millions. What would I do? Oh, I'd do a lot. I would do a lot. Dear Oracle, you are in the apocalypse and you only get one weapon but unlimited ammo. What do you choose? I have noticed that you have not been as harsh with Chris lately, and I would like a reason why. I have been very nice to you, Chris, haven't I? I'm of what? I've been very nice. I'm a nice person. <laughs> Says I can say his name. His name is Cooper. Uh, one, one weapon, unlimited ammo. Here's the problem. It's the apocalypse. You say I'm allowed one weapon. I'm allowed unlimited ammo. But here's what people don't consider, and you wouldn't consider this unless you've done it. People do not consider how heavy ammunition is. They do not consider the weight. Like, like when I was in the Marine Corps, I was in the infantry, but I was also a mortarman. So I had obviously my weapon. We were carrying M16s back then. I was carrying an M16. I need several magazines for an M16 with me, generally six or so probably. A full magazine, a full 30-round mag on an, M3, on an M16 is heavy. Now you've got six of those. Now I've got a flak jacket on top of that. Now I have a plate inside the flak jacket in the front and the back in case I get shot in the back. I also have to carry water. I must carry water, and water is heavy. We haven't even started talking about a med kit of some kind. That's just as important as the ammo. you got to patch yourself up. Someone's getting shot. Plus, I had to carry rounds for the mortar tube, and those bad boys are heavy, and I mean heavy. People do not understand how much of combat is carrying weight. 
humping weight around. It's a lot. And yeah, Chris, that was 556. It's part of the reason our military has gone to mainly 556 over the 762 rounds. Weight. Obviously, a 762 round is a heavier round, it hits harder. If you had to shoot someone with it, a, 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 a Chinese communist or something like that, you'd definitely rather use a 762. But that stuff weighs a lot. It weighs a lot. So if you're, look, in a perfect world, you tell me unlimited ammo, I don't know, maybe a 240 golf, maybe a 50 cow. But the problem is I have to hump the ammo around. I'm not so sure I wouldn't just pick an AR-15 and let the chips fall where they may. Or maybe I'm just biased because that's what I'm used to. All right, we're going to churn through as many of these Ask Dr. Jesse questions. That's kind of going to be my headlines I didn't get to today on a Friday. We're going to churn through those as many as possible next. I'm going to go rapid fire, but first, Christmas time is here, and everyone out there right now looking for that perfect gift for somebody. Well, how about this? The original MyPillow was $69.98 because it's incredible. It was just incredible. Right now, right now. If you go to MyPillow.com and you click on the radio listener specials and you use the promo code JESSE, you get the original MyPillow for $19.98. How about that gift for mom, your husband, your son, your brother? What if you go stock up on MyPillows for everybody and give those out as Christmas gifts? It's the greatest, most comfortable pillow ever, and it's $19.98. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE, or just call 800-845-0544, 800-845-0544. Use the promo code JESSE. Christmas time is here. Boom. I just made your Christmas easier. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. The Jesse Kelly Show, final segment of the Jesse Kelly Show. I just think to I, I think to myself, one more time, just one more time, we need to hear this from Joe Biden. And I do have to ask again, why is Joe Biden constantly being creepy with kids? First of all, Mr. President, your voice sounds a little different. Are you okay? I'm okay. I have a test every day to see the COVID test. I have to check in for all the strands. What I have is a one-and-a-half-year-old grandson who had a cold who likes to kiss his pop. <laughs> and he'd been kissing him anyway, so... Uh... Okay. All right, let's rapid-fire through these Ask Dr. Jesse questions. This is going to take place of my headline segment on Friday from now on because it turns out, you may have noticed... I struggle with focus sometimes, and I'll get going on an email, and I'll end up telling stories, and I'll, I'll finish the show, and I'll have gotten to, like, four questions. <laughs> so see if we can rapid-fire these. Dr. J. Steele Many Guns Kelly, Ph.D. I've recently uncovered a massive conspiracy, and surprise, surprise, it involves you. Ooh. I know why you don't let JPC talk. He's talking about Jewish producer Chris. I know why you don't let JPC talk to prove his existence to the world, you know that the sultry sounds of his voice would not only have us all forgiving his love of money, but we may even listen to what he has to say. You got away with it when he was the only voice of the bumper. Quote, is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Oh, yeah. 
Now that you've got him doing several bumpers and stingers for various segments, it's becoming ever more clear that he is indeed real, is occasionally allowed to speak, and as much as it pains me to compliment him, has got a voice that makes dimes swoon. Now that this has been brought to light, I hope you can finally come clean to your listeners. Don't let this go to your head, Chris. You still haven't left. Uh, you still haven't left Texas. He said, "Please use my name. His name is Joel." <laughs> um, Chris, that's not him. You do understand that's not him on the "Is he smarter than everyone?" stuff. Now he may think of some of that stuff. In fact, he thinks of pretty much all that stuff. That's not his voice. But Chris, once again, so everyone can hear your voice. Will you please speak so everyone knows you're not imaginary? See? Told you. Dear Dr. Jesse, the Oracle of Oracles, I'm just an amateur prognosticator and would like your oracleness to say what would happen if the Supreme Court overturns Roe. Well, here's what would happen. There would be all kinds of freakouts in the streets. The Democrats would act. I mean, it, the riots, the, the, the pro-abortion people are maybe the most sick-in-the-head people on the left. They are genuinely demented beyond belief, so that would get really bad. As far as what would happen next, GOP state legislatures would move and should move to ban abortions in their states, and you should do that for two different reasons. One, it's the right thing to do. Two, it would drive more communists out of your state, making your red state even redder. Remember, offense at all times, offense. Jesse, love your show. You had me rolling in laughter when you said you didn't eat cold sandwiches. I was a Navy corpsman with the Corps in the 2nd Marine Division at Lejeune, and you made me remember all those brown bag lunches they gave us in the field to give us a break from MREs. It always had an apple in it. Oh, gosh, those lunches were the... Oh, Chris, every now and then... And see, they always gave us MREs, obviously, in the Marine Corps, the packaged meals ready to eat. And you open it up, and it's got yeah, uh, 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 it's got pasta in there that's good until the year three uh, th- until the year three thousand, right? It's, it's not good. It's it's not good. Every now and then they would act as if they're giving us a treat, and they would bring these bagged lunches out, and it almost always had like a half rotted, hard boiled egg in it, and some sort of disgusting stale cold sandwich. That had, you know, turkey and then a gross piece of cheese hanging off of it. It was no treat at all. It was the worst thing in the world. And the, wor- the worst part wasn't that it was bad. It was that they acted like it was special. Hey, great news, guys. <laughs> Gosh, that was the worst. My wife and I are out to dinner at a French restaurant near our house in Florida celebrating a 15-year anniversary of our first date. Great food, great wine, and proliferative. I don't know how to say that word for dessert. Oh, Prolifatorals. Uh, apparently, that's kind of dessert. Almonds. Almonds sprinkled all over, ruining this perfect dessert. Rich, delicious vanilla ice cream, fudge, and pastry destroyed by the crunch of nuts. Stupid French. What's Jesse's rule number one with dessert? What's, what, what's rule number one always? Never, ever, ever nut the dessert. My pillow is made in the USA. You want your merch to be American made. Have my pillow print pillowcases with your face on them. We could become brilliant through osmosis while we sleep, resting our head on your rugged good looks. It's, it'd be just like studying. <laughs> Gosh, that's actually a really great idea. Chris, will you write an email to my pillow and see if we please write an email to my pillow and see if they'll put my face on it? 
at least get me one and one for the wife. Oh, Chris, get me one for the wife so I can give it to her as a Christmas gift. Oh, the look on her face would be priceless. Jesse, why is the decision to let Daryl Brooks out on $1,000 bail not a bigger story? We all know why it's not a bigger story. It's not a bigger story because the American media and the American Democratic Party are not only okay with Black Lives Matter crazy people like Daryl Brooks mowing down a bunch of white people, they actively encourage it. No one in the White House right now looked at that story and thought to themselves, oh, that's too bad. They looked at that story and thought, oh, nice. That's how sick these people are. Never forget you're dealing with communists. You're dealing with the anti-humans. General Kelly... I know you stay pretty busy guiding us in our conflict with the communists, but I've heard you talk about fishing in Montana. Do you have any good fishing stories from your time up there? And I don't mean that one where you fell out of the boat and almost died. Any big goober can do that. Let's hear it. He said I can say his name. His name is Heath. One, I didn't fall out of the boat. The boat sank. Okay, the boat is still at the bottom of the river. So, oh, Chris, I'll go. You know what, Chris? We're out of time. Remind me on Monday, for the first time ever, remind me, remind me on Monday, and I'll tell you the story. It's just a quick one. I'll tell you the story of the sinking boat in Montana. I didn't fall out of the boat, okay? All right. Keep your chin up. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your family. That's all. So loud.